0: Hey everybody, Willow is not here with us this week. It is the end of the school year and there's a lot of finals and stuff going on and honestly I don't even begin to understand or even try to pretend to understand anything about school because I did very badly in school. So you're stuck with me for a very short episode this week and I promise to keep things brief. We haven't done one of these in a while. It's a Twitter-sode. That is one of those fun little episodes where I take a movie from Guillermo del Toro's recommendations, a movie that didn't make the ecstasy of influence list, and I talk about it for just a few minutes. I, I don't want to bore you. You're not getting any fun banter this time, so I'm not going to keep you here very long, but uh, I just wanted to make sure you had a little something to listen to that covered a movie, and this is a pretty fantastic movie that we're covering this week. That's right. This week on the, I guess, whatever th- Twitter so this is, we are going to be talking about the movie Let sleeping corpses lie, or in Italian, non si deve profanare il sono dei morte, I guess is how you pronounce it. I don't know anything about Italian, but uh, that's right. You may know it better as do not profane the sleep of the dead, or the living dead at the Manchester morgue, or the living dead at Manchester morgue, or. Don't open the window? So Let Sleeping Corpses Lie, or Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, or The Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue, or Don't Open the Window, or Do Not Profane the Sleep of the Dead. It was a movie from 1974, and what's interesting about this one is it's a Spanish film, but it was a joint Spanish-Italian film uh, made with a cast from Italy and Spain and uh, America and a few other places, Uh, but filmed in England, but also in Italy uh and been released in english internationally i don't know if it was ever even released i don't know if it was primarily released it looks like it was just released in english like that's its primary language and that's what i've only found it available in is in english i mean there's other dubs but i'm i'm fairly certain this was primarily released as an english language film it was directed uh by george George Jorge, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, uh, Grau, G-R-A-U, Spanish filmmaker, born in 1930. He only died in 2018, 88 years old, died in Spain. Spanish filmmaker who made, he made a lot of movies. He made like, what is it, like 15 films or so uh, through the 90s, uh, like through the mid-90s. His last movie was made in 94. Uh, And not really a horror filmmaker. He wasn't known for his horror films. He made uh, just, he made all kinds of different movies, uh, documentaries, dramas. But for this brief period of time in the mid 1970s, he made a few uh, uh, like Spanish, Spanish. He made a few horror films. Uh, And smack dab, in the middle of all that, 1974, he made Do Not Desecrate the Sleep of the Dead. Do Not Bother the Dead. Uh, Don't Open the Window. He made this movie, uh, The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. That's how I know it. None of the titles are good. I believe it's been retitled 15 times because of the wacky way it was distributed uh, throughout the years. Uh, But he was told by his producers, we need you to make a movie. There's this really popular film called The Night of the Living dead came out a few years back uh didn't do much uh initially but it suddenly started getting this international following and night of living dead was really you know uh picking up interest and so they were like we want you to take night of living dead and just sort of make us a color version of it uh and it was the an italian producer uh edmondo amati who 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 approached him about this it was like we want you to make an italian night of living dead but like make it the way you're comfortable making it and, you know, do it in color, put a little spin on it. And uh, and uh, Grau said, oh, I've already actually got an idea in mind for a horror film that I was kind of working on. I'm just going to marry the two ideas. And what he ended up doing was creating a movie that is kind of a spiritual... Uh, like, sibling to Night of the Living Dead, but is also uh, its own thing. And in fact, uh, if you read about uh, Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, or whatever you want to call it, what uh, uh, m- most people will say, what you'll find most people saying about this movie is that this is kind of an underappreciated masterpiece in the genre that sort of deserves its place right up there at the top with Night of the Living Dead, with Dawn of the Dead, uh, with, with uh, the works of Lucio Fulci, with uh, all the other great like 1970s uh, sort of sp- Bladder gross-out horror movies that were coming out at the time, and I would go so far as to say, not only do I agree with that sentiment, I believe that this movie is. Oh, it's also uh, it's also known as Weekend for the Dead and Breakfast at the Manchester Morgue. Those are two other fabulous titles it's had. Uh, I'm gonna call it that from now on. Uh, the, the amazing thing about Breakfast at the Manchester Morgue is that it is actually, in my opinion, like above and beyond what those. What those movies were able to do, it, it's sort of created its own little thing that no one seems to have imitated or run with, uh, as far as zombies movie, zombie movies in the nineteen seventies go. Remember, this is pre Dawn of the Dead, uh, so they were really only working with Night of the Living Dead and like your Knights Templar films, like uh, Tombs of the Blind Dead, Night of Blind Terror, uh, those types of zombie films. That was the only really tradition in like Spanish, uh, Portuguese, Italian filmmaking was those, uh, using those as examples. So uh, what Grau did was he took uh, he had worked with Sergio Leone he had uh, worked with uh, Ricardo Freda uh, and so he had this sort of he had this wealth of of experience not only fashioning uh, like beautiful looking films like very very professionally made films but also movies with a strong central message uh, and what he wanted to do was uh, take his skills as as a social filmmaker and take his skills with, uh, with uh, his ability to use like shock images and have a story that addressed the the sort of youth culture of in that was sort of that was sort of spreading across Europe the sort of rebellious youth of the time as well as concerns for ecology uh and make a make a sort of ecological rebellious zombie movie that followed a similar trajectory as night of the living dead so what is breakfast at the manchester morgue what is the living dead at the manchester morgue what is let sleeping corpses lie about uh, what isn't it about? So uh, the long and short of it is there's this guy named George who's an antiques dealer, an art dealer uh, in uh, in London. And he's, he's zipping... Uh, or in Manchester, I'm sorry. Uh, and he's... Uh zipping across, kind of across the country to uh, to get to a place where he's like building a house with a bunch of his friends. And on the way, his, his motorcycle gets wrecked by a woman named uh, Edna, who accidentally backs into his motorcycle. So she agrees to give him a lift. Uh, on the way there, she's like, she's like, can we stop it? I, I, need to, I, need to, I need to go to Southgate and I'll let you take the car to Windmere where you're going. And he's like, I can't let you do that because I'll arrive late. And then she's like, but I'll arrive late. Come to find out, the reason she's trying to get home is she has a sister who is a drug addict and the sister's husband uh, is sort of conspiring with Edna to get the, the sister put into a hospital um, for, for heroin addiction. Kind of a, a serious little under, under thread here. Um, so that's, that's sort of going on in the background. But George and Edna are... Uh, they're in the countryside and they get lost. The George stops to ask for directions at a farm, and while he's there, he, the farmer has this machine out in his out in his field. It's this experimental machine that is using uh, a thing that's been designed by the Ministry of Agriculture uh, to kill insects using ultrasonic radiation in the fields. And it's got this like sort of like projector thing on top that like, it's, like sends out these signals. And they use this like sort of wand on the ground. It has like this one mile radius, and it and it's supposed to dr- they they say it's supposed to drive insects out of a farm like any kind of vermin Uh, meanwhile edna's waiting at the car and she gets attacked by someone who appears to be a vagrant he comes up out of like the the nearby river it crawls up she she runs screaming she says the guy attacked her the farmer is like oh that's probably uh old so and so he's like sort of this like crazy vagrant we're sorry he you know he's known to attack people uh but of course it couldn't have been him because he died recently there is where the plot begins so what ends up happening is Edna's sister's husband, uh, who's a photographer, uh, gets killed by the same guy who's showing up, and the sister, who uh, again, who is whose name is Katie, and who again is a, is you know a heroin addict, gets blamed by the police for the guy's death. Uh, I mean, even though the guy has been crushed and torn to pieces, the uh, they, the the cops find the drug paraphernalia and they accuse her of being high and and killing her husband because it, he wanted to put her. Uh, in a hospital then they accuse edna and george of trying to cover up for it and the plot just sort of from this point on just kind of really barrels ahead people start coming like dead bodies start coming back to life at the hospital um they're super strong. Uh, George and Edna try to do invest. sort of try to are trying to investigate the the Rising Dead. All these murders that are suddenly happening all around uh, all around the Manchester area. Plus, there is a a a detective, an inspector, who is hot on their tail. Who thinks they are the killers. Who thinks they are covering up something. Trying to figure out what's going on there. There's a, there's this amazing scene in a cemetery where they get locked into a, uh, a crypt with a young police officer who tries to help them escape. He ends up getting torn to pieces by the zombies, and they end up getting in even more trouble. Uh, they're accused because George is an art dealer. They find some artifacts in his on his pos- in his in possession that they accuse that they find a little creepy. The cops are like, are you a devil worshiper? The whole thing gets out of hand. It all culminates uh, at the nearby hospital because what you find out is that this machine that the Ministry of Agriculture is testing on vermin, what it, what it does is it doesn't drive out vermin. Uh, out these organisms, it actually makes them turn on each other and essentially become homicidal. So the ants in an area or the aphids in an area will begin attacking their own. And But they're like, it can't hurt anyone. It only affects... Uh, very, very primitive, like extremely primitive nervous systems. So it can't affect a human. But it's the big tip-off is when they're in the hospital and all the all the newborns are suddenly very violent, which is an amazing like thing. There's this baby that's like attacking people, and it's not done with special effects. You just see a baby that has like bl- it's like an actual baby that has like blood all over it, and they're like, yeah, just attacked a nurse. Um, and that's when George starts putting two and two together that there's this machine that's that's uh, affecting lower nervous systems like those babies or the recently dead and causing them to turn homicidal so this that and the other thing a lot of stuff happens uh, Edna ends up getting attacked. She ends up getting taken to the hospital. The zombies in the morgue revive. Her ex-brother-in-law, her dead brother-in-law's body revives because the, the machine that's sending out all these sonic waves uh, gets an upgrade. So it's no longer just confined to a one-mile radius, gets sent out to a five-mile radius. So all the dead are starting to revive. They zero in on Edna. Um, George comes to save her. And I don't want to give away the ending. It's a, it's, a, it's a real just gut punch of an ending to the movie. But it's, I, I'm i just going to say, I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, the role of Edna is played by uh, Christina Galbo, Spanish actress, who I'm watching this movie. And I've seen this movie before. I had actually checked it out because of this list like, a long time ago. And I couldn't really remember much about it. But I was like, I'll watch it again because I really wanted to see it again. Because I remember it being very good. Uh, Christina Galbo... Uh, Spanish actress, who, again, struck me as someone very familiar. And that's when I realized I've seen her before. She was in uh, The House That Screamed, which we covered not too many movies ago. And she was also in the movie What Have You Done to Solange, which is a movie I watched. uh, It's a... Like a, a, a giallo film uh, by Massimo De Mano that it was came out in 1972. That is also an amazing, uh, an amazing giallo film. So uh, she's been in these three films. Those are her like on Letterbox. Those are her top three rated films. Amazing actress. Uh, amazing horror actress. Just fantastic in everything I've seen her in so far. And she's great. Um, let me see. Yeah. George is played by Ray Lovelock, who is an Italian actor, uh, mostly known for uh, *Living Dead* at Manchester, more like internationally. But he's also in uh, the the 1971 Norman Jewison film of uh, *Fiddler on the Roof*, which I find very. He plays Fiedka in *Fiddler on the Roof*, so true international production that uh, he's done. He's actually has a ton of credits, but I'm just not. He, it's mostly Italian films. I'm not familiar uh, with a lot of his work. Uh, Arthur Kennedy plays the inspector who is after him you might know arthur kennedy from lawrence of arabia from he was in fantastic voyage he's in uh high sierra he's in some came running elmer gantry he's a character actor you totally recognize his face he's an american character actor you would you would recognize him if you saw him uh and uh also standing out is though the woman who played uh, the sister uh, katie is played by janine mestre and she has quite a few genre films to her name too uh living dead Obviously, she's in the Christopher Lee, uh, Klaus Kinski 1970 Count Dracula movie, which I've never seen, but I've heard a lot of things about, and also in another vampire movie that came out in '71, 70, uh, Kua de Cook. I, I don't know how to say this, uh, Vampire, which is a documentary that came out about the making of the Christopher Lee. Uh, Dracula movie, uh, which is supposed to be just an incredible making of like behind the scenes look at the film. So, uh, and she's just great she's she plays the role of katie with this like real vulnerability this fierceness this like defiance uh you know and 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 it's interesting to see uh heroin addiction portrayed in a movie like this uh it's seen as something that's very difficult in her life she seems she's she's not portrayed as like a, a typical hollywood uh heroin addict she's she seems relatively together in her life she's been fighting the effects of this uh of this addiction for for about a year now and uh her story is kind of tragic but it's she's she gives a great performance great performances all around my only real complaint is the dubbing Uh, uh, obviously it's a it's a it's a italian spanish film so all the dialogue was dubbed in later and our our main character george his voice it's a little. Someone described it as a little bit too pip pip cheerio, governor, for them. Uh, uh, but he's good. All the performances are good. They're not distracting. So, uh, so yeah, uh, this movie is available on Amazon Prime. It's how I watched it. There is also a uh, three-disc Blu-ray available that I would love to get my hands on uh, that has, like, two commentary tracks, comes with a disc of the amazing soundtrack. Oh, yeah, by the way, the score to this movie is dynamic. The music is so good. I'm trying to find who did the music. Yes, uh... Giuliano Sorgini uh Giuliano Sorgini did the music he did do a whole lot of movies uh uh but the the score to this one is just it's off the rails it's great uh uh, otherwise you know it's it's about an hour and a half long it's not going to take up too much of your day and it is you're going to enjoy it the gore is intense this is shocking for the year it was made uh the makeup effects are i mean they look like they look like 1970s makeup like special effects but they they really went above and beyond uh the version that is available on amazon prime is the full-length version it was released with many different in many different forms many different cuts uh this is the version with as much of the as much as the footage that has been like re-added back into the film so there's some pretty some pretty graphic stuff in there it's not for the weak of heart um you know nothing nothing you probably have seen if you're listening to this show, but it's but it's pretty intense. Um, again, it's not the most uplifting film in the world, but if you're looking for a zombie film that you haven't watched, that does a really interesting take on zombies, because not only are they caused by something that science has created, it's caused by something that's not like a, a virus, it's ongoing. So all you have to do is turn this machine off and it'll stop, but no one's listening to our heroes. Uh, also, the zombies can create other zombies simply by touching a dead body with blood, like they put blood, blood, blood on the eyes of the dead and it actually revives them and you can't kill them with a gunshot to the head you can only kill them with fire and their eye they do this really cool effect with the with the uh, with their irises when they turn into zombies so you know they're zombies like they they don't turn red they get this pattern in the iris of their eye that is a really cool effect it's a really interesting take on the zombie genre in a time when the zombie genre hadn't been solidified like all the rules hadn't been like like cast in stone so there was a lot of room for filmmakers to still play around with with what the recently revived dead who eat the living uh uh what their what their characteristics were, what their what their goals were, what they were trying to do, how intelligent were they, how fast were they, how strong were they? They're kind of making it up as they go along. So it's cool to see this full color, higher budget uh zombie movie that came out pre-Dawn of the Dead that is readily available. So check it out. Uh Living Dead at Manchester Morgue or Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue or the living dead at manchester morgue or do not disturb the sleep of the dead or don't open the window or let sleeping corpses lie or breakfast at the manchester Morgue. i don't know why you would call it that breakfast at the manchester morgue uh yeah check it out uh, and uh i don't know how to end this because it's a twitter soap. so um we'll see you when it's del toro time Bye.